Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The second of our three hours. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Notice how I said that second of three hours. I, I was shocked the other day. I got an email from a listener asking why I didn't have a third hour. I said, I do. You should stick around and listen. You can always text the word show to 33777. And you will get uh, the link to the podcast and even my daily email. Now, there's something else, though. This one, important housekeeping before we get into the big subject of the hour. I have sent out my slightly modified fried shrimp taco recipe. If you're on the recipe list, you can get it. Anybody can sign up for it. All you do is text the word recipe, singular, recipe to 33777. I'll send you a link back. The fried shrimp taco recipe went out like 30 minutes ago. And it's an excellent, it's what I make on Sunday, one of the recipes I make on Sunday nights on the front porch. I make the fried shrimp taco recipe. Uh, we have fried shrimp tacos while, well, sadly, football season is over and baseball season. We'll watch hockey with fried shrimp tacos. Baseball, come on, come on, people, get your act together. I haven't even gotten into Phil Mickelson and golf. We'll get there, but I got I to gotta talk about an issue and... Riles me up. Around the nation, Republicans have finally, finally hit on a a good idea. I listen. Uh, when I talk about CNN, for example, I used to work at CNN, and I am very critical of CNN. And part of it is out of love because I used to work at CNN when CNN was a great network. That although it was liberal. Oh, and I know it was liberal, and some of them tried to deny it, and I got to call them out on it because when I was there as a conservative commentator, uh, I all the time had to talk about stuff that originated on left-wing websites and never, ever had to talk about stuff that originated on a right-wing website. Uh, Those people are of the left, but to their credit, the anchors at the time overwhelmingly were mindful of their biases and tried to have a greater worldview. And frankly, I was very flattered when they hired me way back in 2009 It was because they are a network that at the time was headquartered in Georgia and had nobody who even sounded like they were from the state of Georgia on the network, let alone as a conservative. Everybody they had was an inside the Beltway uh, establishmentarian conservative. And here I was, this outsider who uh, throws shots at all sides and just tells you what I think. And they put me on. I was there for three years. And frankly, I would have stayed instead of going to Fox, except uh, they could not come to terms with the idea that I have a radio show and I didn't want to get fired from CNN for saying something on radio that the left got upset about. So when I attack CNN, it's from a position of of, uh, former love, I guess you could say. When I go after Republicans, y'all, I was an elected Republican official. I ran one of the largest, the largest right-of-center websites, Red State, before leaving to do the resurgent. I filled in for Rush Limbaugh. I filled in for Neil Bortz. I filled in for Herman Cain. I filled in for G. Gordon Liddy. I am a conservative. I have been a conservative. And so when I criticize the right, it is from a position of in-house criticism. Y'all, I love you, but why are you stupid? And let's just be honest here. Of the two parties, my view is the Republican Party tends to behave in a more stupid fashion than the Democrats. Thus, we arrive at school choice. Around the nation, Republicans finally have a good idea. Give parents vouchers 
allow those parents to use those vouchers of state money to send their children to different schools in the public school they're forced to go to by the government and dare the Democrats to take it away. In every state it has been done, those states have shifted toward the GOP. They have become Republican-oriented states. Florida is no longer a swing state. It is a Republican state. Uh, Black mothers and Hispanic fathers voted Republican for Ron DeSantis because Andrew Gillum, the Democrat there, pledged to get rid of school choice in Florida. In Ohio, though you've still got a few statewide elected Democrats, it's overwhelmingly shifted to the GOP because of school choice. Everywhere it's tried, school choice causes parents to vote Republican. It is the only entitlement I can think of that Republicans who support small government can give and then dare the Democrats to take it away. It makes states more Republican. It is asinine that the state of Texas has thus far refused to do a real aggressive school choice. And this, again, it's really, really important. You understand this. Uh, it doesn't take money out of a public school. That's what the public school advocates say it does, but it doesn't really. Why? Because when school choice is designed, like in Florida and elsewhere, what happens is money flows from the state to the local school where the kid is. When the kid moves to a different public school, the money stops going to school A and now goes to school B where the kid is. If the parents decide the schools are all screwed up, we're going to homeschool, the state money doesn't go to anybody. It's just sitting there waiting for somebody to grab hold of. And so the theory of Republicans is you allow the parents to direct the money. If they are homeschooling, you give them a tax deduction. If they're going to a private school or a charter school, you allow that state money to flow to that private school or charter school to offset the cost. If with private school, very often, it doesn't offset the full cost and parents have to pay a little bit, but they don't have to pay nearly as much money as they otherwise would have had to pay. And it becomes very popular. In fact, it becomes very popular in minority communities as black and Hispanic families are therefore more able to send their kids to different charter schools or small private schools and get them out of failing public schools. It is the Democrats who have assigned kids based on their geography to particular schools, whether those schools are good or not, and then tells those children, no, you are not allowed to leave unless your parents are rich enough to either homeschool you or send you to a private school. It is the Republicans who say, we want to help you, the parent, get your children the best education possible, knowing that doors open when your kids get a good education. Which gets me to Georgia, where school choice has died at the hands of the Republican Speaker of the House, who was never a proponent of school choice. But to his credit, allowed a vote I got to set the stage with you here because this one deeply frustrates me. Uh, my friend Wes Cantrell is a state representative in Georgia. This is his last time in the state legislature. He term limited himself. He's a minister by trade, uh, wanted to stay in the legislature for five years and then go back full time to ministry. 
and he's been the chief advocate of school choice in Georgia for years. And every year he's come close, and every year he's failed at the hands of Republicans. And this year, because of all the school closures that affected people in Georgia and around the country, he was able to build a bipartisan coalition. He got black Democrats to sign on with him, a white Republican, to advance school choice because the black Democrats in the metro Atlanta area finally saw how bad it was. They had to see it with their own eyes when their kids were home on Zoom classes, just how bad it was. And they were willing to support school choice. He had a bipartisan coalition and... The Speaker of the House of Representatives, David Ralston, promised that they would get a floor vote, whether he could get the votes or not. Now, you need to understand that the chief obstacle to school choice in Georgia is not the Democrats, it's the Republicans. The Republicans in Georgia, a number of them used to be Democrats and just became Republican to continue to keep their position. And they were the chief obstacle. But this year, the stars seemed to align. And the stars seemed to align for a couple of reasons. One, Republicans know that Stacey Abrams will campaign against it, but parents like it. Two, Republicans see what's happening around the country, and they wanted to grab hold of that uh, parental angst as part of the zeitgeist uh, to propel themselves forward. Even Republicans who previously have opposed school choice were suddenly supporting West Cantrell's piece of legislation. And the Speaker of the House promised to vote. Yesterday, in the state legislature in Georgia, it was school choice day. And people from around the state drove to Atlanta to say they too wanted school choice. But an outside group from Washington, D.C. dropped mail pieces. And the mail pieces attacked Republicans. Now, they did not coordinate with anybody. They did not get approval from members of the state legislature. They, they did not get them to sign off on the mail piece. Everyone in Georgia was caught out of the blue with it. They didn't know. The mail piece said the radical left wants to cancel your right to choose your child's education. It had pictures of Stacey Abrams, Kamala Harris, and Joe Biden. It says, tell Representative Blank to stand up to them. Don't let Representative Blank, it's been redacted in the picture, give in to the radical left. Well, it, hit, it targeted Republicans. And the Speaker of the House, who promised a floor vote, feels like this outside group from Washington, D.C. that supports school choice has attacked Republicans in the House of Representatives. And the result is that the Speaker of the House, David Ralston, has killed school choice. He has said now that this measure will not come up for a vote because of this attack. Now, I don't read it as an attack, but he did. He was looking for an excuse not to give Wes Cantrell a vote. He had promised to give him a vote. And though I am no fan of the speaker, when the speaker tells you he's going to do something, he does it unless he gets a good excuse not to. And this was his good excuse not to. It's unfortunate. I am livid 
I've been around politics for a long time, but this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my career and one of the most deceitful, said the Speaker of the House. These are people we have tried to help over the years, and they turn to attack us very viciously. The voucher legislation will not move at all in the Georgia House of Representatives this year, period. They were on the verge of getting the votes. It was a boneheaded move. It was it was not helpful. And now the outside group can say, well, don't punish the parents. Don't punish the parents. And that's that's a fair thing to say. But it was a I could have told them this would blow up in your face. And so the people who mean well, the people who support it, they cut off their nose despite their face. They didn't have to do this. The votes were just about there. No excuse had been given to the Republicans to to kill it. And now Republicans will kill it. And you and I can think it's stupid. And we can hope that maybe the Speaker of the House will have a change of heart and say, look, it, it wasn't no one in the legislature wanted this. No one in the legislature knew it was coming. Any of us in Georgia had this group bothered to ask, we would have told them they would be dumb as dirt to try to do something like this. And they did it. They didn't listen to anyone. It was a stupid, stupid move. And they may have permanently killed school choice in Georgia. And I hope not because Republicans in Georgia, had they given school choice, they would immediately swing the state back to the GOP pretty decisively. Every state that has advanced school choice, has made their state more Republican. It is a winning issue for the GOP. Maybe the Speaker can be persuaded to change his mind. I hope that the leadership in the Senate, from the Lieutenant Governor to the President Pro Tem to the Majority Leader, advance the issue in the Senate and push it to a vote in the House of Representatives, connect it to something else, play this smart. They should do this. But this is one of the grand problems that politicians across both aisles have sometimes is there are outside groups that support issues. You're not allowed to coordinate with those outside groups. It's against the law. And so the outside group gets a great idea and they can't call anyone and say, hey, what do you think? They just do it. And they don't actually have a sense of what's going on on the ground. And this organization did not and has killed the effort to get school choice in Georgia unless someone convinces the speaker to be forgiving and advance the issue and get it passed. And if they do, then suddenly the Republicans can stop sweating about the state becoming more Democrats. Suddenly the Republicans will have helped themselves long-term. The question is, are they going to nurse grievances or play a long game to win? Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. Margaret, you're going to be up first. Thanks for waiting patiently. Hi. Hi there. What's going on? Well, I didn't know whether you had gotten your um, quote-unquote free COVID tests from the, our government yet. <laughs> yeah, we. I thought we were the only ones. Weeks ago, it, it showed up. Well, did you look at the back of it? No. I, 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 someone told me it was made in China. Well, yes. Um, they're, manu- they're manufactured in Sunnyvale, California, but made in China. And not only that, it said this product has been authorized only for the detection of proteins from SARS-CoV-2. doesn't even say 19. 
and that it has not been approved by the FDA. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, so, so SARS-CoV-2 actually is COVID-19. Uh, that That's the oh, okay, scientific well. term for it. Oh. But, yeah, you're right. So here's the other thing, Margaret. A friend of mine emailed me. They got theirs. They live in Iowa. And if you look on the box, it says that you got to store this thing uh, from like freezing temperatures from like 32 degrees up to like 100 degrees or so. He said it was delivered to his door by the post office and it was negative two degrees that day. And it sat there all day long and froze and it was no good by the time he got home, uh, frozen like a brick. And uh, he's not the only one who's told me this. Lots of people have told me this. A friend of mine in Florida told me that theirs sat in their mailbox down in South Florida, and it was so hot when it came that theirs was no good because it, it showed up and the temperature in the black mailbox got up so high that it was no good. Um, uh, what well, a waste. I've, I've traveled, I have traveled to China numerous times, and I have always called it the land of not quite right. Right. And so I'm... I'm guessing that these are not quite right either. And, and by the way, Margaret, as well, uh, they don't detect um, the Omicron variant. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah they don't not. do much good. Yes, of course. Not. <laughs> it, it's like the next thing you know, the government's going to send us all in 95 masks, and they'll all have holes in them for us to be able to put straws in to drink. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they'll be like the ones at Congress that have Made in China written all over. Exactly, exactly. Thanks very much for your phone call. The the the, the waste of these, listen, I, I get the intent, but uh, when the execution is as flawed as it has been on this, I thought for a while my wife and I must be the only people who actually got them because none of my friends had gotten them and then they all started showing up people got mad at me on sort of you're spreading disinformation i was like no i really thought we were the only ones because nobody else had gotten them just absurd when we come back i gotta i just this phil mickelson story but there, there actually is a lot of other important stuff out there but i'm just fascinated by this mickelson story uh, there's something else as well jacksonville florida had a special election a Republican won in an upset. Now, unless you're in Jacksonville, Florida, you don't care about a municipal election in Jacksonville, Florida, except there's a pattern to this, and it's the pattern that you need to pay attention to because I suspect we're about to see the Democrats recognize this pattern and try to use it against us. We need to discuss this when we come back, what this particular pattern is. Uh, that they deployed in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, you're going to see it nationwide. And I'll take your calls, 877-973-7425. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's go to Cheryl. You're going to be up next. Welcome. Well, hi, Eric. I am just so incensed. I'm the mom that speaks up at Board of Education meetings. We're making change. We're fighting our corner. And I'm so pissed at a Georgia Republican Speaker of the House that kills school choice. One, from a tactical point of view, as you mentioned. And, and, and you know, come on, help us out. And so my question to you is, how can we affect change um, only to get it killed by a speaker of a house. How can he be voted out? What can be well, done? I mean, listen, we're doing all this heavy list, lifting only for it to get snuffed out at his level. Uh, the speaker of the house is very safe running for reelection in his district. They've drawn a district. He drew a district just for himself. Uh, really, the only way to do it is is to go to the speaker and ask and go to your state representative and ask 
to please support it and please ask the speaker to change his mind. That that's that's really it. Um, ask your state representative to please uh, support it and ask the speaker to change his mind and and for people in Georgia to reach out to their speaker of the house. And say, well, can please you send change out your that mind. call to action to you all your listeners? I will, Here's your email address. I promise. You know, I will. I will send that and, out, and then we can help. And and see if people will will reach out and do that in the House Representatives. Um, Cheryl, thank you for the phone call. I promise I will do that. But I I do I got to say this: if you're a longtime listener to this program, you know the the Speaker of the House in Georgia and I do not see eye to eye. But the man gave his word to give a vote. And uh, they gave him an excuse to, to cancel it, and it wasn't any member of the legislature. It was this outside group uh, that he's punishing the legislators who support it and parents for this. And you can say that's petty, uh, but the man defends his co- That's why he stayed in the speaker for so long. The Republicans in the House of Representatives know he has their back. This group appeared to be attacking uh, the legislators, and so he's got the legislators back. I mean, the speaker keeps his job by having the back of the Republicans in the House. And when someone goes to war with those Republicans or appears to, him backing them gives him clout. So you you gotta you you, you gotta understand that. Uh Pierce, you're gonna be up next. Welcome. Hey Eric. Well I just got off the phone with Speaker Austin's one of his aides in his office and let him know my contempt for him changing his mind. Uh-huh. This is what I think needs to be done. People in Georgia, if you're listening and you're all for and you support school choice, flood his phone with well, phone calls. So here's the thing, Pierce. Um, no, uh, yes and no. Uh, follow along with me here. Uh, the only people okay. who can impact David Ralston are the people of Blue Ridge, Georgia. That's it, uh, and they all have his back. He he wins repeatedly with seventy to eighty percent of the vote. The district is drawn for him. Uh, what you have to do is you have to get your Republican member of the state house to get Speaker Ralston to change their mind because Ralston is accountable to the voters of Blue Ridge, Georgia, and accountable to the Republican members of the House of Representatives. And so you have to get the Republican, your Republican member of the House, to tell Ralston to hold the vote. Uh, you yourself calling Ralston, you don't vote for him. So what does he care about you? You're not a constituent. Uh, but your state representative in your part of the state cares dramatically that you may be pissed off at them and primary them. Uh, and so what you as a Republican in Georgia have to do is decide, uh, are you willing to primary a Republican member of the state legislature of the Republican House uh, for a refusal to support school choice? And if you are, get your campaign in gear now. Call your state representative and say you and your friends are mounting an effort to challenge them in a primary and you will primary every single Republican and make it a bloodbath in the Republican primary. You challenge every single Republican in the primary who doesn't support school choice across the state of Georgia. And if you put that fear of God in them, they want power above all else. There's only so much money to go around, and they may beat half of you, but if half of them get beaten in a primary, that's enough to next year get the vote to happen. But what you got to do first is you've got to call your state representative. And I'll, I'll make it easy for you. I'll, I'll set up my action center for people in Georgia. And all you have to do is call your state representative and say, please, will you support House Bill 999? Think of Herman Cain, 999. That's the, the bill number, HB 999. And just say, please support it. And please ask the speaker to allow a vote. It's a bipartisan measure and it would help our kids. 
And we're not affiliated with this outside group from from Washington, D.C. And if you do that, you, you, you help. You help tremendously. And you should. Now, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Les, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, I, I told your screener I'm a lifelong Republican, and uh, I live in South Georgia. And uh, while I agree fundamentally with the idea of school choice, I see it doing damage uh, to the public schools that we have in South Georgia, um, s- simply because you know funding is is based on uh, for public schools is based on enrollment partially. And um, where I live, I'm very fortunate. I have three children in public schools, and we are very fortunate in the area that I live to have a wonderful public school system. And while I empathize with those folks in Atlanta, um, you, the, the, I believe the voucher amount was six thousand uh, dollars to right. cover the cost uh, of uh, a private school, which, as you know, uh, wouldn't would put a small dent in the cost of. of private school education in areas like Atlanta, but it would fully fund private school education uh, where I'm at. Uh Um, And the other thing is that uh, there's, I believe there was something in that bill that specifically uh, with with the matter of uh, special needs kids, Uh uh, the private schools would not be required to take those special needs kids. Uh, they wouldn't be required to take Sorry. any of them. Um, there was there was one. There are two separate pieces of legislation. One would prioritize funding for kids with special needs to be able to get them into charter schools and specialized schools, of which there are some around the state, uh, and help cover the cost. The other one was for uh, the, the the HB nine 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 is the one that would do the six thousand dollars. Now, look, I got to tell you, I, I had lunch the other day with a guy who had been on a local school board. And he's not a he's a Republican and he doesn't support the legislation. And and he says what you're saying. And, and my counter to that is if you've got a kid who wants to leave the public school and go to the private school or their parents decide to homeschool them, the, pri- the public school isn't getting that six thousand dollars anyway. Uh, once the kid leaves the school, for whatever reason, the, the school stops getting that money. Uh, now the court, the counter argument there is, well, stop incentivizing the kids to leave the school. And my argument is, well, like you just said, you got a great public school. So you're probably not going to get a ton of people who feel the need to go to a private school that may or may not currently exist, uh, as long as your school is good. But in parts of the state where the schools aren't good, uh, providing parents a way out instead of making them be stuck, uh, particularly poorer parents, uh, I, I think it's a net win long term because if you get a, a kid out of a failing public school, one, you've incentivized the public school to clean up its act, and two, you've gotten this kid into a better education environment where they can be a productive member of society moving forward. Now, that may not persuade you, but that's the way I see the issue. No, I, I and, and believe me, I am a free market p- uh, proponent, and uh, you know that ultimately where it, it, that's where it should land. Um, my fear is, and we do have a couple of private schools in the community that I live in and they're, they're okay. Um, but, uh, there's actually been a a migration out of those private schools into the public school system. So, you know, who knows it, 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 the free market wins in the end. I, I get that. 
Yeah, it, it does. And, and you know, I get and this is my concern. And there are areas of the state that have great public schools. So where I live, we've actually got a really it's it's less than a mile from my house, have an amazing charter school. Uh, and it's a state-run charter school that people in in uh, a, a couple of counties can go to, and uh, the kids do it. And, and they wouldn't be able to take advantage of this program. It wouldn't apply because the the, the state already gives the funding there. Uh, and it has helped our local public schools in two counties become better because they've had to compete to keep parents from trying to get their kids into that charter school. They they they've kind of factored in the private schools. I think if you allow the parents this incentive in areas of the state, particularly where the schools aren't doing well, maybe you tie it to just failing schools. Um, if you make it through the committee process there, it, it forces those schools to do better. Now, Les, there is this corollary here, though, that we need to talk about. I, I guess to some degree, there are some schools that are just going to fail because they are in parts of the state where you have broken families, lots of drugs, lots of crime, and you're – there are some kids who are going to be stuck in the school who may be, need a way out. But I always feel bad, for example, for the teachers who are told, if you don't get your kids passing, uh, then you're going to get punished. And I'm thinking, how can a teacher get a kid to pass when dad's in jail, mom's gone before they get up, and they're having to take care of their three younger brothers and sisters and get them all fed into school, which this is a real thing. May, may I say something there? Yeah. That's a yeah, great, great point. Because uh, a retired school superintendent here uh, made the point at one time and said, well, schools ought to be run like a business. And, but he said, uh, explain to me what business cannot control their, uh, their, their input, right. uh, the, 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 raw, the raw materials is the yeah. word he used. I mean, the public so, schools have to take and, all and, comers. And my, and my mom was a, uh, a second grade teacher for 30, 35 years, so. Yeah. I, I, I get that completely. So, and I, I guess at the same time, uh, and this is where I come down on school choice, really. Let's take a school like that, where there are some families who have good kids and they're being dragged down by the rest of the school situation. Uh, and they couldn't afford to either do homeschool or, or private school without this $6,000. I, I, I kind of feel bad for them. The parents are willing. The money's not there. What do we do? Uh, frankly, I wish this is why some churches would step up and, and do some do some more school churches that, they, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, this used to be a phenomenon where local churches would step in, particularly in rural areas of the country where kids had to be bused for so long to get to school and, and they would do this. And I kind of wish we'd go back to something like that. Well, and we actually have a couple of examples of that. Uh, in the, Can I say where I'm from? Yeah, sure. Uh, Vidalia, Georgia. Oh, nice. Uh, we have, uh, yeah, yeah, so we have a, a, a great private school down here uh, that is, is run by a local church, and my church uh, has a program that keeps kids from all the way from infant up through pre-K, and uh, those programs work great. But again, I guess what I'm going back to is my fear is uh, taking away funding from, from uh, public schools that are, that are working. Um, yeah, I, and I they have I, they have they have fixed costs. Yeah, and, you're right. Uh, you know, if, if funding is funding is taken away, then uh, you know that that makes my property taxes go up. You're right, and I guess my, my I get the counter argument there, and we can agree to disagree is is that if the school's working, you're probably not going to see people bolting. Now, I you know you mentioned that that big right. church school. I'm pretty sure. 
the middle of March, my kids got a soccer game down there at that church, and I'll I'll be down in Vidalia in a, in a few weeks. Um, I love that, particularly particularly during the Onion Festival. For the, I mean, everybody hears about oh, Vidalia yeah, onions. Uh, y'all less is from the heart of the good onion territory of the nation. <laughs> listen, I appreciate the phone call, Les. Hey, listen, thank you. And uh, my local station picked you up uh, after Rush passed away. I used to listen to him every day. And I'm glad they did because I love your show. Thank you so much, Les. Very appreciate it. Vidalia, Georgia, y'all, it is down in southeast Georgia. It is farm country. Uh, and it is uh, wonderful people. And I used to only get down there when I was a lawyer because I worked for the Department of Transportation and they were expanding Highway 280 down there. But nonetheless, I'm sure none of you who don't live in Georgia care about that. But if you love onions like I do, the Vidalia onion is the greatest onion on the planet. And they're from down there. Now, I got to tell you about Patriot Mobile. Speaking of good patriots in, in Vidalia, we got good patriots at Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is a cell phone company. You can get your data, you can get your voice, you can get voicemail, you can get 5G, you can get it all from Patriot Mobile without having to give your money to the big woke carriers. And Patriot Mobile uses the same towers that those companies do, so you don't have to worry about service. In fact, now, I wasn't in Vidalia, but I was down in rural southwest Georgia a while back, and I had my Patriot Mobile phone with me. I have an AT&T line, and I have a Patriot Mobile line, and I got better service on Patriot Mobile, which uses different towers than the AT&T one did, and the service was even better. So you can get great service, and you can port over a phone number. You can carry your phone number over, get a new one. You can bring an unlocked phone to them or get a new phone from them. It just works, y'all. And they give a portion of their profits to the conservative movement to fight for the Second Amendment, to fight for life, fight for all the causes you care about because they're Christian conservative. You get free activation using my name. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or you call them 972-PATRIOT. You got 100% U.S.-based customer service. They have incredible discounts for you as well. Call them, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them Eric sent you. Get free activation or patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. You know, while I've been talking about stuff happening in my neck of the woods, I might as well tell you all since it's a national national issue here. You know, David Perdue down in Georgia, the former senator who lost to John Ossoff, uh, the guy who dressed up in Star Wars costumes. Uh, can't believe he lost that race. He decided, after a couple of months after saying he was backing Brian Kemp in Georgia, he decided to run against Brian Kemp because, well, uh, David Perdue is, well, he's, he's a friend of Donald Trump's, and Donald Trump convinced him to run. Then he couldn't raise any money. He has less than a million dollars cash on hand. Brian Kemp has $12 million, and this is the guy that, that Trump's been in his hopes to. If Trump can beat Brian Kemp, it signals he's got a real chance at uh, rebound in 2024. He's still got a lot of clout. Well, uh, Purdue is having fundraising trouble, so he's got to go to Mar-a-Lago and do a $3,000 a ticket uh, fundraiser with Trump to try to raise him some money. Now there's a new problem. Uh, two years ago when he was campaigning, uh, Brian, um, David Purdue and Marty Kemp, the governor's wife, the first lady of Georgia, they were both at an event. And David Purdue shook hands with Chief Deputy Grady Sanford, I believe it is Forsyth County, uh, Georgia. Uh, the first lady was there. Some of the governor's aides were there. The governor couldn't be there. It was a pro-police sort of event. And Purdue shook hands with Grady Sanford. Now, shortly after that, Grady Sanford was arrested for child pornography and let out on bond. 
Nobody should attack David Perdue for shaking hands with Grady Sanford. Nobody knew the guy was a child porn guy. The problem is that David Perdue unveiled a new ad today. And the ad shows that David Perdue is tough on crime. And as evidence for that, it shows him shaking hands with law enforcement officers, including the child porn guy, Grady Sanford. This seems to be indicative of a problem with this campaign team. You can't raise money. You release a poll. So let me give you the the lay of the landscape here. He releases a poll to justify his entry to the race just a couple of months after saying everybody should support Brian Kemp. And his justification is an internal poll that shows that Purdue will beat Kemp with 52% of the vote. So he jumps into the race and all the public opinion polling comes out thereafter and has Kemp beating Purdue. In fact, the latest poll has Kemp at 49.1%, almost within reach of winning without a runoff. And Purdue is below 40%. And this is after Vernon Jones has dropped out of the race. Vernon Jones was getting 10% in all the public polling. People thought if Jones gets out, it's going to help Purdue. Actually, it turns out it's helped Kemp. Kemp's almost uh, out of reach for Purdue. And now it turns out he's having fundraising trouble. And then he releases this ad to show he's going to be tough on crime. And it has him shaking hands with a child porn guy who was a police officer who got out on bond and it shows he's going to be tough on crime who vetted this stuff produce a good guy, but uh, he's got some, some clearly some campaign issues there. If he wants to have a go at trouble or at Kemp, all he's doing right now is helping Stacey Abrams. That's all David Perdue is doing is helping Stacey Abrams and his campaign keeps making these little screw ups, little screw ups lead to big defeats. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.